we go. Welcome to this very special edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I'm your host, Real Gerald Quinn. Episode eight seventy seven of the Real Deal Podcast. Uh, this has been a uh, exciting, exciting uh, podcast for you. I think something that's going to help out a lot of people. Um, I have a special guest with me, Jen Joy, who is a life coach and also a alumni of the best university ever, Temple <laughs> University. So I'm biased, but whatever. Um, joins the program. Jen, how are you doing this uh, this evening? Or this mm-hmm. early evening, I should say. Doing very well. Thank you for having me today. So you are a life coach uh, with a educational background. Um, what discuss, this, First of all, for our audience and even for me, because I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I didn't even know before I started researching uh, for this podcast what exactly a life coach did. I actually thought that I had some life coach skills. I used to joke with students and with uh, people you ask me what I do in the classroom. I said, well, I'm kind of a life coach. And I would say that jokingly and not even knowing exactly what this, how big this industry actually was. So what does a, a life coach actually do? Good question. So a life coach takes someone from being at the baseline of where their life is to where they want to be. So there are a bunch of different types of coaches. So a general life coach can help you with many different areas of your life, but then there are more niches um, like career coaching and business coaching and weight loss coaching, um, parenting coaches, relationship coaches. So there's coaches for any and everything. I particularly am uh, formerly started as a career coach and now coach new coaches to do the kind of work that I do. So I'm a coach to coaches. Okay. Okay. Dude, you were, you had a, you have a educational background, um, Describe that transition from education uh, into the to being a life coach, and was it difficult leaving education? What 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 drove you to uh, leave education? Yeah, so I studied education back at Temple, where we went to school, and immediately went into teaching, and then from there went into leadership. I got my master's degree, so I did everything from being an assistant principal to a curriculum writer. Um, to training and developing teachers. I even had my own consulting company where I wrote curriculum for a school district at one point. Um, But in the time period that I was actually training teachers and being an assistant principal, I realized that the next step in my career was to be a principal myself, right? Like that was the trajectory that I was on. And the more people kept on telling me that I was going to be great at being a principal, right? And I was pretty young. Like I moved up the ladder pretty quickly. I was about 27 when I was assistant principal. Um, I just knew I didn't want that though. Like, and I was going through the motions and finally I was like, well, what do I want? What is available? And for many people in education, it feels like your, your path, your career path is very limited, right? You only see people being teachers and then being in administration Um, that's pretty much all you do when you're in that field. So considering what I would feel fulfilled doing, what would give me more of the time freedom that I was lacking being in the field of education for so many years, as well as the income that I saw myself having, the lifestyle that I wanted to have, it was hard to think of like, what was that thing that I would be qualified to do? So one of the things I was very into was personal development. And the more I read books and watched videos, the more this theme of hiring a coach 
was like seen throughout everything that I was reading and listening to. So finally, I hired my first coach to help me personally figure out what my next step was. Um, and in talking to her and sharing my innermost thoughts that I had never shared with anybody, I described exactly what would make me so happy to do. I didn't even have like the language for it. I basically told her, I want to have a group of people that I help them achieve their goals. Like I show them how to go about this process because I know the goals that I've set for myself, I've achieved them. I've, you know, I've been a high achiever in this area. I've done great in school. I've done this, that, and a third. I bought my house. And I just want to help other people do that same thing. And she said, that is called coaching. And this was back in 2016. And I was so adamant. I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want to talk to people one-on-one -on -one like this about their problems. Like, this is not <laughs> what I'm talking about. She said, what you're describing is group coaching. And it took me until 2017, like a year after she mentioned that, to really let it sink in that she was right. I did want to be a coach. And that led me down uh, the path of telling people I was a coach and going to get certified and starting my business and trying to figure out what kind of coach I was going to be, trying to sign clients and struggling for so long before I actually made money as a coach. But I stuck it out and going through that process and then helping other coaches streamline the process so that it would take them a lot less time is why I'm now a coach to new coaches and helping other people make this transition because I know all that this has given me. It's given me the lifestyle that I said I wanted, the financial freedom, the time freedom to living the life that I dreamed of. It's been amazing. Yeah. I mean, you sound, I, I'm, I'm sold. <laughs> I'm already sold on it. Uh, I'll <laughs> with you. Um, this particular person who you confided in, what about them? They what about them allowed you allowed you to, you know, basically somewhat tell I don't know your life story, but really open yeah. up to them that in a way that I'm sure you don't open up to just anyone. Yes, I love that you asked that because that's the difference between having a conversation with your coach versus your friends. Um, in having that conversation with my coach. And with coaching, your life coach in general, it's a safe space to really see yourself, this bigger version, this better version of yourself than what you've been, right? Um, I think, and even, it's funny because even when I became a coach for a long time, my family was still referring to me as an educator, even after I had quit my job and been working full-time in my business for a while. Like they still had this idea of me being an educator and they didn't see me as this independent business owner. But when you're working with a coach, they see your future self. They hold space for that version of you that you want to be, right? Because that's what we do for our clients. Like we see them from when they come to us, but we see all the potential that's within them. And we constantly hold the mirror to reflect that version of them that we see. And the more someone's doing that for you, the more likely you are to kind of start embodying and seeing that in yourself. I wonder... Um... Besides the fact that uh, you wanted a different, like you saw limitations with education, mm -hmm. you wanted a different lifestyle, you, um, from that standpoint, was there something missing from within that you thought that, hey, there's another version of me that I want to tap into? I, I wonder, I wonder about that as well. Were you, I'm not going to try to get into your happiness, you know, things that are uh, personal. Oh, no, I, we could get, we can go there. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I'm open. I just yeah. wonder, it's, I wonder, like, you know, people leave career, leave positions 
all the time in whether it's education and or just various career careers all the time, especially now coming post pandemic. Uh, and they, you know, you hear just they were just unfulfilled at this particular position, going through kind of like the rat race, the mm-hmm. on you know like like the old Dunkin' Donuts commercial where it's become things become mundane and just become too just you know boring is a good word for it, but just things they're ready for just ready for something different like they look they're searching yeah. for something else i wonder did that creep into your mindset over during your time uh with in, as a vice principal in education of course i was a severe workaholic now i'm originally from new york and um i left new york forget what year that was, but I left New York uh, nine years ago or so. And I moved to Texas. And I thought then at that point, I would stop being a workaholic and I would enjoy my life more. But I just basically took that same mentality of being a miserable workaholic and brought it to Texas. Right. So then I was in Texas and I realized I was working so hard three years into this new place that I was living. And I still didn't have friends. Like my best friend was my principal because we were just there all day and all night. Like it was so hard for me to even make it to a dance class. A 7 p.m. dance class was still hard for me to make it to, even though I would arrive at work at 7 a.m., right? So like that was just, I just knew that there had to be something else, something better. I saw friends that I knew um, that were making more, like my people back in New York that were making more, were working less. And I'm like, this can't be it. I can't keep working this hard, not making enough to live the lifestyle that I want. And just not having a social life, um, feeling like this isn't the right fit. And it just really hit me like the more I was in it, like even though I would change positions, right? So I left being an AP, um, did the, the consulting company that didn't, that wasn't it. So then I went back to the district and I was coaching teachers. And there was one point where me and my colleagues went to a conference, an educational conference. And my colleague was so excited to be there. She knew exactly the speakers that she wanted to see. She had bought their books. She wanted to get it signed. And I'm looking around like, I don't want to be here. This isn't for me. And I was like, this isn't, this isn't the path anymore. And I really need to do something else because I still got another 30 years before I can retire. I, I, I'm not doing it. <laughs> it's not worth it. And I deserve to be happier. I deserve to have a life outside of work. And I deserve to like what I do. Yeah, I, I like, I, I like, I really, you know, I've been in education for twenty years now, mm-hmm. and I, I know there's more time behind me than ahead of me as far as that goes. I, I understand that, but I, I can generally say, like the last, I would say at least decade, that is something that I've genuinely loved to do. As hard as it is, and it is, if you're in education, education is one of the most difficult. Like the most out difficult. there, <laughs> the most, yes. I, 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 I say, I say, yeah. The only reason I say, like, uh, somebody risking their life, like firefighters and police officers. That's true. That's true. Okay, I take it like, back. I take it you, back. One pick, of yes, the, but one of the, yeah, it's up there. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely yeah. top five. Um, I say that to say that I just couldn't imagine being doing something that I generally don't love to do, and you're spending yeah. the majority of your being doing it not just the eight hours you put in but maybe yeah. time commute time yes uh, time that you you know time after work or time before work like you're mm-hmm. literally this is literally almost your life even it's if your life 
it is basically your life in a sense even if you are taking vacations nah it's your life okay. man. but it's people are like oh but you get summers off i'm like yeah you no, it's still your life worth it you yeah. already worked those hours <laughs> yes absolutely no trust me i yeah. I, I know um but, but i can't imagine doing something that, you don't love to do i just can't i like the idea is people doing things that they don't working jobs yeah. they, and i'm talking about educating people i know they're you know, there's a certain group population that are underemployed and that's due mm -hmm. to what choices or lack of education, things of that nature. Those jobs, I mean, I, I've worked those jobs too. I've worked at Blockbuster. I worked at Wendy's. Uh, mm -hmm. So I've, I've, you know, I've had those share. I've had my share of those jobs early on in, in life. But people, I'm talking about educated people. I'm talking about people with masters, bachelor's degrees, you know, you go through all these years of schooling, you're still paying back loans and what have you, and you're still miserable on your job. Yeah. And I'm like, I just don't, I don't get it. Like, I, you, like, I just don't get that, how people can go through life like that. Yeah. And I, re I remember when I started teaching, I loved it. And I was working super hard. I mean, I literally got locked inside the school building at one point. Um, but I loved it. I love that interaction with the students. I love that aha moment when they got it. But the more I moved away from being with the kids and just like, I thought moving into administration meant I'd have more control over some of the things that, that made teaching hard, which is really dealing with the adults in the system. Um, it, it was just more of the same. Like you had more people above you telling you what you could and couldn't do and roles. And it, it took away the joy. And I worried about leaving education because I remember the, the joy I had when I was working with students, when I was a teacher. And I worried I wouldn't get that again in, in a different position. I think that's that's another scary thing for people too. Like if you do like some aspect of the job, like you can't have that level of fulfillment in something else. And I was shocked that once I did start coaching, like I felt that. I felt what I used to feel when I was with, you know, having those great moments with the students. And um, I do believe people stay in jobs a lot of times way longer than they need to because of fear. And one of the things that helped me make that leap when I started the consulting company and I quit my job, and then again, when um, I decided to fully go into coaching was understanding that I could always recreate what I left behind. I could always go back and get a job in education. Like right. my certificates and stuff were still up to date. I had the degrees, I had the background, and I may not be able to start where I was leaving, right? Because I was, you know, training and developing teachers, um, school staff, and supporting principals and stuff like that. Like maybe I can't get that right now and write curriculum for, you know, the school district. I could always go back and be a teacher. Like that's probably the lowest that I'll ever start at. Um, and knowing that that was there just gave me the sense of confidence that I can always go back and get hired doing this thing. And if I can't get a full-time job teaching, then I can get a part-time job doing something in an after-school program or something. Like I had options and that gave me the courage to say, you know what, I can do this. And if all goes to shit, like it's fine. I will, I will figure it out. I got my, I got my back and I can just go back and get a job. And I don't think people give themselves that option to know that, hey, you can always go back to the thing that you left, some version of that. You can recreate it. Absolutely. So you had a thing, I believe, a four-step journey on your uh, LinkedIn uh, page that is kind of kind of broke down your transition um, and describing, you know, what it is to be a life coach and what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, in one of those segments, you kind of described how the struggle in terms of initially 
uh, from a financial standpoint that things weren't going exactly maybe the way you planned it, thought they would go. Um, describe the, the, the challenges of making a profit in the beginning. Yes. So I love that you mentioned that. And I'm actually hosting a training specifically teaching people how to get paid as a coach, because that journey for me was super long, <laughs> much longer than I thought it would take. But you know what? I can't complain because a lot of people go into this industry and they never make money. So one of the main things that I help my clients do now is to make money as coaches, because I know once you can monetize this, you actually have options to make this a real um, career for yourself. And until you learn how to do that, it's not. It's just like this hobby. So for me, um, like I said, I figured out that, you know, my coach told me I wanted to be a coach in 2016. I finally accepted it in 2017. In 2018, I went and got certified. And then 2019 is when I made my first dollars coaching. And by my first dollars, I mean like literally less than $2,000 by the end of 2019, right? But like, look at that journey of how long it took because there was a lot of changes that had to happen within me to be one more confident in saying that this is what I was doing and understanding how to offer this service and trusting that I could get people results. So I think sometimes people try to bypass that and they're like, well, I went and got certified now. I should be able to charge these high prices and be able to make money. But there's a lot of the internal work that needs to happen in between, right? But here's the beautiful thing. Well, I only made less than $2,000 in 2019. In 2020, when I still had a full-time job and I was only working as a coach, maybe 10 hours a week, I made a teacher's salary during that time just from coaching, right? Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's like all that compounded, right? All that work, that internal work and learning and everything that I had to go through before to get to that point to make my first few dollars now I had a system and I figured it out and now I just worked that system and minimal time effort because I still had my full-time job. I was still commuting one hour each way, you know, I was still working my 40 hours a week. Um, and then just trusting like when the pandemic happened, I was already supposed to leave the country. Like I had already decided I was quitting my job in 2020 and that I was going to move to Colombia. But that, you know, the pandemic came and all of a sudden we weren't working, we were at home and I was like, well, I'm really going to go all in on my business now that I don't have that hour commute each way. Now that um, I can decide how much effort and time certain tasks are going to take because nobody's like literally watching me have my butt in a chair, you know, to get this work done. Um, and I made the most of it. And so when things opened up again and they were like trying to get us to go back in person to do the work that we had been doing virtually all that time for months. Um, from March to what now September, I was like, no, I'm not doing that. And I was in a position where I could quit financially. My business was doing well enough that it could take care of me. And if I just worked a few more hours, I could even exceed the income that I was making at my full-time job, working less hours, which is the case now and has been since I left my job. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing like there's nothing, it can't be anything like making your own hours um, and making even more money. Like that has to be like That's the, the greatest, ultimate <laughs> greatest feeling in the yeah. world. I mean, and then doing it with work you love. That's yes. the other thing because yeah. I'm very familiar with, you know, all those marketers online showing you how to 
make money quickly, little hours and this, but it's like some random business you don't care about. And a lot of people are going that route because they're like, well, it doesn't take a lot of time and I can make a lot of money. But with any business that you start, you really have to love it. Because like I said, there was this long period when I didn't make money. But my love for this work and that certainty that I had that this is the work I was supposed to be doing that I wanted to do and my willingness to stick it out and figure it out is why now my clients, what took me three, four years to make my clients do in a few months, right? Because I teach them the, the shortcut. So I'm like, I went through all that so that now I can have this amazing offer to help you do it in a fraction of the time. How do you balance um, teaching them the shortcuts without them having to miss the st certain steps that certain steps that have to be taken in order to be successful? Yeah, so I love that because there's one thing for me to teach it, right? And tell you what the steps are. It's a different thing for me to guide you through the experience. So one of the things that I help my clients do is create a container for them to literally experience coaching people, right? And experience being the coach and having clients and going through that process step-by-step step of learning how to be a coach, but also to, to feel confident in the results that they're offering people and that they can create for their clients to then being ready to charge. And it's like a whole step-by-step -step process that I'm actually going to be teaching on, on Wednesday. This Wednesday, I will be teaching a whole training on that. So anyone that's interested in taking that next step and exploring becoming a coach or is excited about this lifestyle and this process of being able to help people transform their lives, then I highly recommend they join me. Now, I wonder about... Um what type of clients are you like that, that gravitate towards you? What type of clients, is there a situation where you, a client will come up to you, describe what they want and you say, Hey, you know, all due respect. That's, I don't think we're a good fit. Yes. <laughs> that has happened. I do not take on every single person because there are certain things that I feel like other people are better at coaching at. You know, just, you know, some people have, um, I'll give you a specific one. Uh, weight loss is something I don't particularly coach on. It's not an experience I've had. Um, I personally feel like the, I just want to teach people to love their bodies and love themselves, right? So it, it's hard to like give hard coaching around, you know, if they have like some severe weight loss goals and stuff like that. So that's something that I don't help with. Um, but those who are looking to make career changes, regardless of what industry they're in, I have experience doing that and getting my clients stellar results. Um, and those that are starting businesses that are like a person to person, right? Uh, yeah, it's very similar to the process that I teach my coaches. I mentioned earlier, I think we were talking off uh, before the podcast started in terms of how just big this, big this industry has um, gotten. $2.85 billion industry globally. Um, why do you think that this thing has taken off the way it's taken off in such relatively short time? Uh, I don't know how long, how exactly life coaching has been around, but, you know, I, I remember, you know, growing up the Tony Robbins of the world mm -hmm. and you hear those, those particular uh, names or now even recently, uh, Ayana, Ivana Van Zandt, I know, mm -hmm. what's, your, what's your, her name? She's tremendous in terms of some of the work that she's doing. Um, 
what like what do you think why do you think this is taking off to the level that it's taking off and it seems like it seems like it's just going like it's not slowing down anytime soon yeah so i honestly think we're at a time when mental health has been growing in popularity and um the we're normalizing it right we are normalizing having someone to talk to having support um, and it's no longer this thing that you should be embarrassed about if you say, well, I have a therapist or I have a coach, you know, that helps me with these things. It's more acceptable. Uh, coaching is also a very low barrier industry to get into for those people that want to become coaches. While there are certification programs and trainings and certificates, you could literally also just say that you're a coach. So there's many people that just, they're like, you know what? I had a coach. I, I can figure this out. I'm going to go say that I'm a coach or they read a book and they get started. So it's very low barrier to entry. Um, however, being a successful coach is where you see the difference, right? Because while many people may start, not everyone makes money. You can make a lot of money, um, but it's a, a small select group of people that are typically making those huge amounts of money if they are out there making money. Um, so yeah, I think it's something that a lot of people may start. How long people stay in the industry, that's different. Because the longer you go without being able to monetize this skill, the more likely you are to not continue in it. But those that do stay, figure it out and they can, they can do very well in this field. Because there's always people that are gonna need help. Yes. <laughs> That's never, that's, that's, never that's never going to end. No, that's, yeah. that's like to your point because with mental health and because, and just with just, we, I mentioned earlier, this is the way society is going. Um, I just think that uh, you see more people just opting out of nine to five. You saw more people like not returning to their uh, work desk uh, after the pandemic, you know, working remote, get enjoying that freedom of, uh, not having someone looking over their shoulder. Um, so I, that, I don't think that's going anywhere anytime soon. What, what do you think separates you from the typical life coach? Like if you, you know, sell yourself on in terms of like, hey, why well, would, you know, hire me or I, I can do this. Not so much the, the, that you're going to put down other coaches, but just like what, what's the difference, you know, what, what is the difference between what you bring to the table? Yeah, I think one, my background is different, right? This industry is, has a certain type of look <laughs> that has been popular over many years. I am not that. I am an Afro-Latina. I am relatively young. Um, I have a background in education of all things. And this is actually my second business. Like I told you, my first business was uh, educational consulting business. So that's one. But I think what comes with that and what makes me super different is that I'm an introvert, right? And my way of growing my business to this level where it's fully sustainable has looked very, very different than what those bro, what we call bro marketers um, are, are out there pushing. Like it's not funnels and um, upsells and DMing everybody. And it's just none of that. It's really a process that works for me and then helping my clients find the process that works for them, right? It's not a one size fits all and helping people be okay with that. Like my energy levels are pretty low. Um, I literally have to take naps <laughs> during the day 
And I've just built that into my business. So it's not the hustle, hustle, hustle culture to get that result. It's I'm showing you how to get a result that you want so that you can live the lifestyle you want. And that lifestyle that you want does not have to look like the lifestyle that I want. So my lifestyle right now is I live in Medina, Mexico. Like that's what I wanted, right? Um, I only see a certain number of clients during the day because that's what I feel comfortable with. Um, that's that's how I live, right? Someone else might want um, to promote using, um, they, they like Tony Robbins and they wanna be the next Tony Robbins and they wanna be on big stages. And that's how they like attracting people. That's not my way, but I'm gonna help them find their way and pursue that. Does that make sense? Yes, I mean, actually while you, talk, while you were talking, I was just thinking about like, I, I actually think that that your personality Characteristics, some of the characteristics, characteristics, excuse me, that you do have, I think that's, I think it benefits you. From, I think it's an advantage because I think we grew up seeing the likes of Tony Robbins, seeing kind of like these boisterous, boisterous personalities. Um, they made who was that movie? Uh, Tom Cruise played one of them. He was a, it was a great Magnolia, Magnolia. Where he he was kind of like a, a life a life sex coach, so to speak. He just oh. again just this <laughs> big personality, great movie by the way. Uh, but I think we've we've just used to seeing these kind of like these just these big personalities versus someone like yourself who seems to just is just just going to get the job done. Like you you're going to work, you're going to work ex extremely hard, be efficient. Um, and just, you know, just give the person what, give the, uh, your clients what they particularly need, what they need, uh, without posting every three minutes on, on you know, Instagram or, yeah. right. Or, <laughs> right. Yeah. I think, cause I'm about to, there is a, there is a lane and it's not anti-social network, but there is a lane to where you can create, create a, 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 your, your audience and build up your clientele without the, just over the top branding marketing personality i believe that i believe that there's a lane for because i've seen people do it so i i actually think you being an introvert is maybe even maybe an advantage because it also and it also gives them it gives people a different look like for people might be, be tired of seeing like the same type of coach yet, or they might be like hey you know maybe i'm looking for uh something something I else i feel like that that's the key to be successful i have to be like that person and if it's not who you are naturally, then that's a struggle. That's a constant uphill battle of you trying to show up in the way that this other person does because you feel like that's what you need to be successful. And my whole thing is you don't. We're going to be more of you, right? Let's find what works for you. What do you naturally gravitate to? I have clients that only do networking events. I have a client who's killing it on social, on TikTok in particular, right? Right. That's that's what they like. That's what they do. That's where they shine, right? And it's just giving my clients permission to use wherever they naturally gravitate to where their skills lend themselves to to really shine in that way and still create the result that they're after yeah I'm just, I, oh, it's go ahead. beautiful to think of like the diversity within my clients because of that yeah i think you have I, again i think this profession has an advantage from the standpoint of you don't have to create a character and don't like you could be yourself or put on a mask like even with education you know as well as i do at times we had to wear masks for our students people we would you know co-workers things of that nature i like it seems like with this that you could just 
completely walk into every room or be just just be your entire self. And I think you talk, you talk about talk about mental health. I think people are. I think that's one. Of, I think that's one of the reasons why people are struggling with their mental health and from a standpoint of work because you can't feel like you cannot be who you completely are, and that that is that takes a lot of work not to be yourself. Yes that switching right like the fake smiling in front of the co-workers when you yes. really crap and yes. keeping together and like following through with procedures that you disagree with yes and um I think I wrote a post like that and it was just like about bringing your whole self to the work you do and not feeling like you have to hide parts of it or um and I just like jokes I'm like yeah I'll show up to coaching calls and like a little tank top or whatever crop top like that's how I show up like I'm you know and it's perfectly fine um, but then another client, she sees me and she's like, I can't be like you with the full face of makeup. And I'm like, you're not supposed to be. <laughs> I need you to be like you, right? Whatever you like, but however you like to show up and where you feel comfortable, what's authentic to you, then bring that. Um, and just like that, oh my God, that has been such a relief of being able to be completely me. It's really Talk about, yeah, I, I can only imagine it, like that just being, you know, your entire self. And I, I think, I, I mean, I think I come to mind come to my job my entire so uh for the most part but i you know with kids is it's a little it's different you have to kids. be mindful yeah <laughs> you have to be very yeah you yeah. have to be very mindful in terms of how what you present to kids because you know you know as well as i do kids are are some of the best energy readers mm -hmm. that you will ever see um i just wonder like do you what is that feeling of reaching a client and bringing out the best of themselves similar to what you know your mentor you know came came and brought you brought to you when you first started this like what describe that feeling the way i can describe this work is like the most aligned work i could ever do right and super fulfilling truly knowing that i'm touching these people's lives like right now um in front of my desk, like on the wall, I have post-its and it has names of my clients. And every time I see this, like while I'm working all day long, it's right in front of me. I see that I helped Meredith, I helped Isaiah, I helped Katie, Hannah, Alexander, Melody, Kamari, Troy, Nikki, Elizabeth, Andy, Crystal, Deshaun, like all these people's lives were changed and so many more because they trusted me. They said, yes, to working with me and I delivered, right? All these names and every time I help a client, I keep on adding them, adding them. Like there is no better feeling than to know like, hey, if something happens to me, I know I left it, I, I made an impact, you know? It's in, it's not just the time that you're working with a client that, that you're making an impact on their life. Like I'm literally helping these people. I've helped them land jobs that pays them twice what they were making before like that is a game changer that affects where you live um how you eat you know uh how you're spending your time your energy the sense of relief right uh, i help somebody design their dream job and land it um, other people to start coaching businesses that give them a sense of fulfillment let them be themselves and continue to grow it so that they can have a business that they're super proud of that changes the game for them so there is nothing more fulfilling. So a professor or professors, in, you know, in college will, you know, they, in order to kind of stay sharp, they have to like read 
seemingly like 10,000 books <laughs> and write their own, almost write curriculums and just some of the stuff professors have to do are just, it's just like, like my goodness, just, just to maintain tenure and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. What do you have to do uh, in order to kind of to stay, you know, kind of, kind of ahead of the curve and you talk about maintaining that level of being able to monetize uh that this particular you're only really successful and like if you don't monetize then you can you kind of like it almost becomes like a pointless to, to do this type of work because somebody people will just go somewhere else uh to another it's coach not pointless, not pointless. Feel- that, no not point i'm sorry yeah, it'll be, it, it'll be very challenging. Extremely it's hard challenging. to do it. It's hard yes. to do it sustainably because you're like, well, I can't keep on giving time and energy to help these people for free because I need to go make money elsewhere. Right. right. When now this is how I make money. So instead of working my job 40 hours a week and then having this just a little bit on the side, I can literally just make this my whole life. Right. Like my whole job, which is beautiful. Um. But I'm sorry, what was the question? <laughs> no, what do you, how do you like stay ahead of the curve as far as like being, being you know, maintaining us being yeah. at a certain level, like staying sharp? Mm-hmm. So it's easy because I love this stuff. <laughs> so I'm always reading the latest personal development books, um, investing in courses and learning on my own, uh, building my business and the skills that I need to develop in building my business that's always additional training that I get to pour into my clients thereafter, right? Whatever I'm learning, I get to bring to them as well. So that happens naturally. However, if you are certified through certain uh, accreditation programs, they might have continuing uh, hours as well. So I am ICF trained and um, they have different levels. So there's like ACC, PCC, and then MCC. So there's different levels of coaching hours um, and continuing education hours with that as well like with the professor you know i wonder do you get calls obviously you have a lot a, a tremendous amount of individual clients that that you know that try to reach out to you do you get calls uh from organizations the there was one time where i was like matched with someone and they wanted to hire me to coach one of their employees and it was an organization I turned it down because I made it very clear that even though the organization would have been paying me, I am coaching this person and right. I'm helping that individual determine what direction they want to go in when the organization was pretty much like, no, we want a coach that is going to tell this person and make them do what we want them to do. Right. And I was like, yeah, no, that's, that's not what coaching is. Right. That's not yeah. what I'm going to do. So not going to work. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They want they wanted to say that they supported the client, right? By getting them a coach, but then they wanted like the coach to kind of have like a side relationship with the organization, kind of right. checking. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, that's, that's not that's not gonna work. <laughs> no, yeah, I can understand why you say that. That's not gonna work. That's not, yeah, that doesn't you talk about trust that I don't think exactly could, that would compromise the trust if uh they basically you basically were working for the organization from that standpoint. Exactly. Um, and I'm like, yeah, no, I I I decided to have my own business for a reason. So there wouldn't be this person telling me what I need to do. And then I'm going to go tell that person what they need to do. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, I just wonder, because again, especially in the teaching profession and just, I mean, I just look at so many people working in organizations beyond education that, again, are just are not, uh, 
happy with their jobs and it's like i guess you would have to be you definitely would have to be separate from the organization because like it's kind of like with a with a team uh like an individual what what an individual needs might not necessarily be in the best interest of the team and vice versa exactly. so it's like that yeah that that makes perfect sense in terms of what this having to be basically an individual clientele um is this something, like I said, you seem, I'm completely sold on on the position as far as you, you seem like you're in a great place uh, mentally and you love what you do. Is this something that, you know, you can see yourself doing for 20 years? Yes. <laughs> yes. And I think um, that was the thing that, that sold me on sticking with it and making it work and figuring it out because like I said, I couldn't see myself staying in education for another 30, um, just the direction where it was going and everything that, that was happening in that space. But this, this, I was like, yeah, I can do this. And it might look different, right? Um, right now, I have one-on-one -on -one clients that I help plan careers, change careers, and I, have, I help coaches in a group setting to transition and start this process of starting their own businesses. Um, and that's very fulfilling. I don't know if I'll be like coaching moms in the future when I become a mom and go through that process, you know, right. like, right. I don't know, but coaching will always be part of my life. Yes. Yeah. I was about to ask, like, what does this look like in five to 10 years? But I guess, you know, and I guess you will, I guess you're, you know, as you evolve as a human being, this, it, this will kind of coincide with the evolve, how this position evolves within you. So I guess I don't know that that probably probably is a impossible question to answer at this point. But what, I guess I, what, what what do you hope to accomplish moving forward? Like what what's next? Like not so much predicting the future, but what say short term goals do you uh, hope to accomplish um, moving forward per se? Yeah. So right now I'm launching the group program for coaches because prior to this, I've been doing it one on one. So it's very exciting to be able to support more people uh, at a time. So that's really going to grow. Um, and yeah, I don't know where it's going to where it's going to lead. I'm just excited about where I am right now <laughs> and helping this next batch of people that are coming in and to become coaches and helping them design the lifestyle that they want and learn how to make this a viable career option. Because I know once I help them do this, then they're going to go on to help so many more people too. My goal is literally to help a million people. And I know it's not a million people that I'm helping directly, but it's through this work that I'm doing, you know, through helping coaches become coaches and go coach their own clients. So well, that's it. From from uh you know from how this podcast went, it sounds like that that you know, that that goal is going to be obtained sooner than later. Um, you seem to have everything yeah. right there in front of you, and uh, it's great to hear you know just some people who actually someone who actually loves their job, has a passion for it, has you know had a vision for it, and is going out there and doing it uh, at a higher level. Um, I think. What do you um? You said you know. I mean, you want you don't know. You can't see what happens. What happens in the next five, ten years? So we'll you know we'll see how it plays out. But what do you have a how do you balance? You know, because I know you're saying you're not you're not working as hard as you did as oh. as, as a care. But how do you how, how do you have a like how do you maintain your 
your uh, life, work-life balance at this point? Yeah, so I know, well, first of all, I only work like four days a week. Okay. Speak clear. We, <laughs> should have, we should all have a four-day work week. Uh, they, yeah. I, and then even like, so I work Monday through Thursday and Thursday I don't see any clients. Okay. So that, that's just like an admin day. So I can be working at a cafe or working from my bed and not have to get dressed, which is amazing. Um, and now with the group program option, that means less one-on-one -on -one clients and more people in the group setting. So less actual hours in front of people. I built the schedule, my ideal schedule. So I dance Monday and Wednesday nights. And I do yoga Thursday mornings. Every day I have, you know, a proper lunch break. There's so many years that I went in education without having like a proper lunch break. Um, so I have like a nice hour or two hours sometimes. Yeah, most times it's two hours. So I have built-in naps. I have built-in time to walk my dogs to the park. We live literally three minutes from an awesome park that has an enclosed dog area for him. And um, I have an active social life. So I tend to do things with friends on Thursdays or Saturdays. Um, yeah, it is pretty damn good. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't even complain about anything at all. Like life is really, really beautiful right now. Uh, I know how many one-on-one -on -one clients I take at a time and I have never even like hit that number. And I don't need to, right? Like I'm, because of what I offer, the value that I offer and the price point that it's at, like I don't need to work with 20 clients to be able to meet my needs. Do and people, I will now because it's okay. a group coaching. I'm sorry. I will no, now in a coaching setting, but not I don't have to do it one-on-one. -on -one. I wonder do people who knew you who've known you for a while, do they notice the difference in terms of the energy you bring in terms of like you how different you made that different you seem but has it in terms of how you think that this has changed you as a person per se in it, terms of if i knew you yes. in 2012 versus yes. say now yes you would see a totally different person um i'm way more i'm a hundred times less judgmental about people i'm way more accepting um way more understanding of why people do the things they do and behave the way they do before i just used to pass a lot of judgment um, now I kind of understand the thought process and where they are, and I have a lot of grace for them, right? Um, rather than judgment, I really try to be super supportive. And I think it's most clearly seen in the relationship that I have with my sister-in-law. Like we really did not like each other. <laughs> um, and I will say she had her flaws, but I was also a very difficult person. Um, but now she's like my biggest supporter, my biggest champion, and she just sees the growth in me and um has been a really great recipient of all that change you know so yeah so anybody listening to this podcast forget about the money forget about the hours forget about the entrepreneurship life coach can fix a in-law relationship that's it that's all you need that's <laughs> it that's all you need that's yes, it we're like besties now it's crazy <laughs> if it can fix an in-law relationship then, then anything is possible I, it, it just fixed me and my and how I viewed the world, right? Because truly personal development is my job as a coach, as a life coach, like being in the, like reading the books, but also applying this work and then supporting my clients and seeing the mindset and having the own, the shifts myself. So I understand where they're coming from. 
um, it has been the biggest gift. So even if I didn't, even if the business didn't take off the way that it did, right, it would have right. still been so worth it. It would have been so worth it. Like I remember when I was back at, um, I was still at the job and they were, oh my gosh, it was so racist. So they were doing this thing where they were putting the black people and the brown people into the schools. So we were in a position that we were, our title was to coach teachers and, and train them, but they didn't, teachers were quitting, right? Left and right. So they were literally pulling the black and brown people and putting them in the classrooms. Wow. Did it matter? Yeah, like it was ridiculous to the point where so, there was someone on my team that literally had the the certification, the the ESL training, the subject matter training for the position that they wanted to fill, but they chose to put me. And I literally, when I got the call and they told me to do that, I said no. Like that moment was from having done this work, to to know my work, to have those boundaries, to be able to stand up for myself, to say no to my supervisor in that moment and to trust myself enough that even if they decided to let me go or pursue it further and to push it, that I was going to have my own back. And I did. And I did not go into that school building. I was like, I refuse because I know that what's happening here is wrong. The way you guys are deciding who is essentially feeling like they're getting a demotion and being put in these um, tough school situations where people are quitting left and right, that that's not the job we were hired for. And now you're taking us away and putting us here after I've been in leadership for many years and this person just left the classroom yesterday. Yeah, no. Um, so that alone was enough for me to say it was worth it. It was worth investing in a coach. It was worth reading all the books and going through this process and doing all that internal work to get to that point. Folks, she is Jen Joy, life coach. Um, it's been just, I, I hope everybody who hears this will, and I, I know for sure everybody, anybody who hears this will get something out of it. Um, we will post her, you know, her information as far as Instagrams and things on when I release this podcast. So you can, you know, so you can uh, support and, you know, check her out and see, you know, if, hey, if you need a life coach. Um, Jen, uh, thanks for joining the program. Uh, it's, it was been a, been a pleasure talking to you. I know I certainly got a lot, got, got a lot out of this. Um, look forward to having you on next time. Thank you so, so much. Uh, I look forward to connecting with everyone who listens. Um, I am super friendly, so feel free to reach out to me. Uh, check me out at jenjo.com, um, jenjo coaching on Instagram, and jenjo on LinkedIn or anywhere else you can find me. Jen, it's been great, and I appreciate it, and you enjoy the rest of your evening. You too. All right. That's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of The Real Deal Podcast. Remember, I have uh, another podcast coming up this week. We're going to review another big episode of the hit show, Snowfall, so stay tuned for that. I will see you next time. Enjoy the rest of your evening. So long. <laughs>